0: Previously on the Simply Human Podcast.
1: No, 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 no. Why is that car red? And I'm like, like that's a stupid question, son. Why is that car red? Because it's red. I don't know. What kind of, what are you trying to do to be here, Nietzsche?
2: It's episode 99 of the Simply Human podcast with your hosts, Mark and Rick, two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, it is Jesse Deet. She is a fourth year doctoral student in UNT's clinical health psychology program. Her uh, expertise is insomnia. Sure. Then it's another moderately funny edition of the Humans Being Human segment with our good friend Chris and a story that even I find amazingly gross.
1: This is the one the other day that you texted me like, hey, this one might actually be like over the line. Yeah. I'm like, no! We'll figure out where the line is. Okay. we find out
2: Yes, uh, and we'll wrap up with our simple human tip of the week. How are you, Rick?
1: Ninety-nine. That's an awfully crooked number.
2: It is. Um, okay,
1: so let's determine the greatest players that ever wore ninety-nine in any sport. Obviously, in hockey, it's Gretzky. In football, I f- keep coming to Warren Sapp. Mm, yeah. In basketball, it has to be Ron Artest. I think he wore ninety-nine with the Lakers, didn't he? Because that's not a common basketball.
2: Well, because well, I'm thinking Rodman was ninety-one.
1: Right. I think I thought maybe our Test at some point wore ninety nine, and then baseball—the only baseball player who wore ninety nine—I can't even recall his name. I think there was like a Japanese guy who played for the uh, Cardinals uh, in the not so distant past, like within the last ten years, that wore ninety nine. I think something like that.
2: Okay, I wanted to talk to you about something—a picture that you sent me.
1: <laughs> oh, that's not going to be good. <laughs>
2: Um, well first of all let me say this this is my my favorite
1: picture that I text everyone I know which is the statue of the devil with the gigantic (laughs) uh,
2: thing going on down there and then you put different people's faces on it yeah real classy (laughs) Rick Um, uh, just real quick I I had this little tiny um
1: (laughs) yeah Mark that.
2: <laughs> mic stand that I put up on my dresser, and that's how I normally record. Well, I'd forgotten that I bought my daughters like, a mic stand because they like to sing and perform and stuff. Imagine that. And uh, and I'm using it, and I, I'm standing. I'm not having to like kind of slouch over to the dresser. This is so nice. I feel Great. so much better podcasting. Okay. You sent me a picture of a you're thing. You're like that-
1: the guy who's so ati- divided attention that you're like, So anyway, what, squirrel. Right, squirrel <laughs> over there. That keys, is like jingling there. keys.
2: Bacon. Um, the picture that I think is a is is a thing that only probably you could take a picture of in America. Outside oh, is this the one I sent last night. Outside of an all-you-can-eat buffet.
1: I promise Let's you. Let's talk I about am this. Not Making that up. Okay. So my wife and I last night. <laughs> uh, if I, I just started alt shift. This is the right now. This is the second day of the three shift. And if you're interested in any knowing what this is, we had a podcast. I think it was two podcasts ago with Jason side. Yep. Uh, look in the the podcast feed, Jason Seifer Alt Shift. Listen to that and also listen to the Alt Shift podcast. And also go to our which website. I, which I
2: was just on to, uh, to d- the, today, the 20th, oh, episode yeah. five. I was on Jason's podcast. Go to our website, simplehumanlifestyle.com. Click the on the book. Alt Shift. I just
1: read the book. I just read it and it makes sense. So, anyways, I'm on day two of the three shift. And if uh, in that part of the uh, protocol, you're allowed to eat uh, kind of starches. And, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to give away the, the farm here, but you're, you know, it. Allows room for, for eating starches. And I was like, you know what? I haven't eaten in forever. is white rice. Yes. And I love white rice. And so my wife and I, my father-in-law came and watched our boys last night. And we went to see the movie. We went to the movies. We saw The Martian. Very good movie, by I, the way. I
2: read the book. so Dude,
1: shirtless, Matt Damon.
2: Nice yes he must work out oh yeah (laughs) look at the butt on that
1: (laughs) so uh then afterwards we went to a i want to i was dying to go to a chinese buffet and i know that you know not everything there's only like one or two choices probably there that are all shit friendly but uh i like the like the they just call it at the the neighborhood buffet they just call it barbecue chicken which is basically like somehow grilled with like a kind of a light sauce it's not sweet or anything like that but i like that So it's like i'm just gonna get a ton of White rice, rice and, and that, that kind chicken. of chicken. Yes. And that's going to be good for all chips. And I gorged myself. I ate a ton of it. Well, we're walking into the buffet. It closed at 9.30. We got there at like 9.07. We're walking up to the front, and I don't think my wife saw this because I am a keen and trained observer. She is a woman, so she's not. It's pretty hard and to we're miss. we're walking <laughs> towards the door, and I have to like basically grab her by the arms because I'm walking a little bit behind her. Ugh. Because we were getting out of the car. We parked right by the front. I was like, stop, stop. Like, what? <laughs> And I was like, look at that. And she was like, oh my God. And there's like a huge puddle of vomit. There was a. Of just brown vomit. There's chunks in it. There was there's a noodle, a noodle in, in there. Ah. And this is all, and I'm not kidding you. This is all like one to two steps outside the front door of the uh, buffet.
2: I wish I could have seen who. The I debated perpetrator. telling them,
1: like, hey, uh, by the way, someone has thrown up all over your sidewalk right outside the front door. But I was like, okay, I don't want them to feel bad. And like, oh, I'm so sorry. Sir. Like, all right. Apologize to me. It didn't bother me at all. Yeah, I didn't throw up. They were so close. Yeah, it wasn't me. And it was so close to closing time. I was like, okay, they're not going to chase away any potential customers with this. Like, they'll see it, and they'll see it on their own, and they won't feel like they offended anyone. But uh, I, of course, that is what I take a picture of and send it to Mark. And I told my wife, I was like, yeah, America, man. Somebody went to a Chinese buffet and ate so much (laughs) and all they could eat, and they took one step out the door and just barfed. And she's like, I'm not sure that's how that happened. I was like, what's Uh, your scenario? And her scenario is it's like some little kid ate something that like something weird like crab rangoon no. or something. And I was like, no, 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 no. no, no That's no, definitely no. the vomit from someone who yeah. came in here to test the limits of what all you right. can eat means. truly means. But and not, they I, found the line.
2: I've got a couple things here. So I have a very, very weak stomach. I always have. I throw yes. up. All the time, like yes. I get car sick if I eat
1: something weird. Like, uh, I, I for someone that does so many disgusting yes. things, it's very odd that you have a weak stomach.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I'll get car sick and and like like we were on your
1: way to work. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, well, if I'm driving, it doesn't happen.
1: But like, I looked down to read my speedometer, and that made me just reading while I was driving. <laughs> well,
2: I'll get I'll get ca- motion sick walking and reading emails or reading texts on my phone if I'm walking. Like it's that bad. Like when we were in <laughs> when we were in Athens, the Uber driver was terrible. Georgia, Athens, Georgia. Yeah, I'm from crazy. the from the. Uh, stadium to back to our little condo we, we were staying at i got out and just puked everywhere I mean, we just eaten dinner and everyone was like what is wrong with you so anyway so i have a weak stomach combine that with about a th- three or four year period where i would basically starve myself Monday through Saturday and, and gorge, gorge yourself on Sunday so i have countless times
1: oh yeah that Are i have you about to say what i think you're but i say? have
2: eaten so much that i have had to just go and throw up out like it happened once at my wow. in-laws house um uh, like on thanksgiving or something i i like saved my cheat meal for thanksgiving day and that night i had to walk out in their backyard and just like threw up
1: Did they know this
2: yeah oh yeah it's super embarrassing one time <laughs> I, I feel like up. that's
1: part and parcel with letting mark rogers into your family well, he, is weird crap like that
2: well here, here's another thing right when jen and i first got no we were dating at the time so we hadn't even gotten married yet I had eaten a ton of carrots. That's like the only thing I could find. So I was just like eating like I like the most carrots anyone's ever eaten in one sitting. And then we went and we're looking at Christmas lights in downtown Austin. And I got really car sick. And we get back up on the highway to go back up to Georgetown. And I got oh my really God, sick. I hate you. And I didn't want to like tell them like, hey, I'm really, I'm really getting not feeling well. I was just like I was just trying to like hold it in. And Finally I was like, here it comes. So I, I I'm in the I'm in the middle. So I'm leaning over oh my God. I'm leaning over Jen. So you've
1: told nothing to anyone that you were not. Right. Doing well. So
2: all of a sudden I reach over Jen, I roll the window down, I'm leaning over Jen, going north on I-35 in Texas, just vomiting carrots all over the the like back of my in-law's Tahoe and so we get back and it's like this whole big embarrassing thing and I was still trying to win my father-in-law over and I go back outside yeah. to like mission oh accomplished yeah so. and he's he's standing out there with a with a garden hose like like spraying off the carrots all they were all over his car why didn't you say anything I don't know I was just like okay surely I'm gonna be fine I'm gonna be fine I can just i gonna take a big breath I'm gonna oh be fine oh
1: my god and then it that is the like, most no. Mark Rogers story ever that yeah. you ate more carrots than any humans ever <laughs> ate at one point and, and, I was and that like, you got car sick and that you got carsick in your in-laws before they were your in-laws van
2: that was like 15 years ago that, that i one time a, a girl broke up with me in high school and i she left the house and i just went and threw up in the sink like
1: that's thrown up probably at least uh my wife and i talk a lot about this because my wife is hardly ever thrown up she probably needs one hand or maybe two hands to count the number of times she's barred wow i'm probably see, 35 almost 36 I don't think I'm being hyperbolic when I say that. I think I've probably thrown up at least a thousand times, oh, yeah. probably. And I, I've gotten to the point— But all, almost all of mine are from alcohol.
2: Yeah. Uh, remember the cookie dough? We won't talk oh, about I that. But.
1: Co- okay. I, <laughs> let's tell the story here. Uh, here well, can like, I can
2: I tell it first, and then you can tell— Well, I mean, I can really set the happened.
1: stage because I remember it very clearly. It was—one uh, of my favorite weeks of college, partying-wise, from a party schedule standpoint, was Thanksgiving because— Everyone on Wednesday night would just go and get was it Wednesday night or Tuesday night before everyone left to go to see their family would just go out and party and just get just destroyed, and it was my favorite day of the year. Uh, thanks to drinking, is what I called it, and oh, we all went to a bar. This is before I was uh, age. but we all went to a bar that was wink, wink, nudge, nudge, super friendly to the underage crowd. And there was a, and there was no one else at this bar. It was out in the middle of nowhere. And so, you know, we all go out there and have a good time. Then we all went back to some guy's house and we're all just, you know, having a grand old time. And uh, somehow everyone decides to start raiding the kitchen. And there's one of those like five pound buckets of cookie dough. And I don't know, don't know how much of that I ate, but it was a lot. It was way more than a person supposed to eat. Uh, and I ended up just throwing up. You're not, it wasn't the worst I've ever thrown up from being drunk, but it was a lot of barf. Well, okay, so so I think it was outside by a tree, also. So how
2: we how we tell the story? One other friend of, of I don't think I was there, but you were not there. Yeah. Jackson was there. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. He says that you drank so much and and knew that you were about to throw up, so you ate a bunch of cookie dough really fast, so you could blame it on the cookie dough.
1: Is that really what his theory is? Uh huh. Oh no 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 no! (laughs) Believe me, I've thrown up from just alcohol before. That's that's not embarrassing to me at all. (laughs) But I I think the like in the history of my drinking, it wasn't the alcohol that ever made me throw up as much as it was all the stuff that my super smart, good decision brain thought was a good idea to Mm -hmm. eat after I'd been like when uh, you know. We would. Uh, what was that one time that we went to like Taco Bell or something afterwards, and I ate like a like hundred tacos, tacos and I threw up. Yeah, it was. It's a combination. Then there's They're the time
2: up. that I was laying next to my three year old daughter who was throwing up, and she kind of went like, <clears throat> like kind of coughed and screamed and like threw up all into my mouth. And about an hour later, I was oh. in the, I was in the garage throwing up. An uh, hour
1: later. Well, it, yeah, it,
2: it's like I got the whatever she had. Hour? Like I got the. Oh. Yeah.
1: Man, that was. A- Bacteria resistant superbug. Yeah, I guess. Then my
2: then my six year old <laughs>
1: incubation period is yeah, one hour.
2: Then then my six year old started throwing up that later that morning. Cause that was in the middle of the night. And as I'm in Jen, my wife like doesn't want to touch it because we had a newborn. And so I'm in there like trying to clean up the throw up, like all, like throwing up, while I'm cleaning up the throw up. It was anyway throw up talk with Mark and Rick. Let's get to the interview. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I right. can't believe it took us 99 episodes to do comprehensive throw-up talk. I know. Well, we could probably as do... As much s- as we talk about disgusting we things, we could do so
2: way. much more throw-up talk. I, anyway, uh, yeah. Well, because hope my four-year-old remembers that story. She'll go, remember when you were in the garage screaming and throwing up? Because <laughs> <No. laughs> when I throw up, it's like a... Bruh! Like it's a scream. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> Hey, got, got to mention real quick, and we'll mention at the end. We are about yes. to interview Mark Sisson for episode 100. Yes, so the that's coming episode up. episode is a spectacular.
1: Yeah. We uh, convinced the Sisson people to please allow us to have him for 30 minutes. Yep. We we're we did getting it. Mark real in you know, a time travel talk. And in about 20 minutes, we're getting ready to interview him. So uh, listen to episode 100. Probably the famous person that we've ever had on the show. Yeah. Benny <laughs> Tortoise is pretty famous. I yeah. think Mark Sisson's pretty famous too. Yep.
2: All right, so that's coming up. So let's get to the interview, uh, SimplyHumanLifestyle.com. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope at SimplyHuman52. Go to the website. Everything is there. We talked to, uh, it's, not, it's not Dr. Yed, which we'll talk about. We talked to Jesse about insomnia, the wrong way to go to sleep, being up in the middle of the night, Jesse's sleep routine, quality of sleep, effects of sleep loss, sleep efficiency numbers, sleep restriction, national the National Sleep Foundation, and roller derby. Here's Jesse. <laughs> Joining us today on the Simple Human Podcast, really excited to have Jessie Deech, and she's a fourth-year doctoral student in UNT's Clinical Health Psychology Program. I actually, uh, I've got Google Alerts set up. Uh, I've got one for sleep studies, I've got meditation studies, I have like brain health, and in one of the sleep studies uh, Google Alerts that I got, one of the articles mentioned Jessie, and I reached out and here we are. So welcome to the
3: show. Thanks. It's great to be here.
2: You are almost a doctor. How, how much do you lack? Uh,
3: about, about two and a half, three years okay.
2: left. Then you'll be there eventually where doc- Dr. <laughs> Deech kind of sounds cool.
3: Yeah, that sounds like my parents, actually.
2: Oh, really? You, you have doctor parents, so there you yeah. go. So they forced you into being a doctor and you chose the PhD route, is that No, the, uh,
3: they yelled and screamed <laughs> and said, please don't. be
2: an artist. Oh. <laughs> like, them. don't do it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, as we've emailed back and forth, I know you've you've been doing a lot of research uh, on insomnia and sleep tracking. And we've got a whole host of things we're going to talk about. But let's first start off with your background and how you got to, to where you are today, what sort of led you into the whole sleep studies field?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a question, actually, I get a lot. Um, I started out in undergrad as a film major, actually. Oh, cool. And I, I added a psychology major my junior year. I decided, you know, film wasn't the career for me. And so I was kind of trying to find a topic, a home for my thesis, for my senior thesis, and um just kind of stumbled into sleep and originally i was like oh you know i'll look at sleepwalking it's really cool and then i found that there's basically no research on sleepwalking (laughs) it was not really a viable you know path for me to go down so i was like what is there research on and there turns out there's a lot of research and a lot of area for a psychologist to research insomnia and so that's that's kind of how i started got got started on that
2: path cool yeah and um uh, now that uh, you know, going from film to this field, they don't really mesh as far as uh, you know. If you if you want to get good sleep, you don't watch a movie late at night. Right?
0: Sure. <laughs> so yeah, that, that is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: so you're like, well, crap. I love movies, but now I know all this stuff about sleep, so I have to go to the matinees every time now. <laughs> <laughs> well, so okay, let's talk about insomnia. What? Um, uh, you know, obviously, I think the layperson, our listeners, will just sort of know. Okay, insomnia is that thing where you can't sleep. Um, but I'm sure there are a lot more causes than than just mind racing or whatever it is. So, what what are the causes of insomnia?
3: Um, well, there's a couple of different kind of types of insomnia. the The main one that I look at and work on treating is um, related to the development of difficulty sleeping following some sort of stressful event. Um, And that event might be identifiable or not, but the idea is that something happens, uh, there's a change in your circumstances, and then you start to do behaviors that, you know, are kind of trying to cope with that stress. But in reality, you end up sort of messing up your sleep schedule and, and having a lot more difficulty sleeping. and That can turn into a chronic problem if you keep using those behaviors.
0: yeah.
2: So I know that uh, in the research that I've done, I know that that not getting good sleep uh, increases stress in the system. But then I think what you just said, stress causes poor sleep. So it's sort of this chicken and the egg cycle. But um, so what are some of the behaviors that you're talking about? And and I'm assuming when you say like a stressful event, you're talking about, you know, a job change, maybe a a new addition to the family, a, a loss in the family, things like that.
3: Yeah, those are all things that could cause trouble sleeping. Um, even just you know an increase in stress levels, or um, you know anything could really trigger that. Um, and a lot of the times, people can't really identify what it is, but it doesn't really make a difference. Yeah, triggering
2: it. So when you talk about the behaviors that people do, are you talking about like maybe they stay up later, or their eating habits, or those kinds of yeah. things? Like, what are the behaviors?
3: So. Mostly, one of the main things that we think about is people end up spending a lot of extra time in bed. They're trying to kind of catch that sleep that they've missed out on. So they might be taking naps or they wake up in the morning too early and they just decide to like lay in bed and try to get a couple extra hours of sleep. Um, or maybe they start going to bed early to try to compensate. Um, and so that's, that's one of the main things is spending all that extra time in bed not sleeping. Um, people also, you know, do, do funny things with their schedules. Um, you know, lots of kind of lore around this. And so lots of, you know, tricks that they try that usually end up being kind of counterproductive.
2: Yeah. So what are, like, let's talk about some of those things. Like the things that people do to try to help them sleep that actually aren't do like, aren't good. Uh, Like, you know, I'm going to watch TV until I fall asleep or I'm going to drink a whole bunch of whiskey and make myself fall asleep. So what are some of the things that people are sort of doing wrong, but they think it's helping them go to sleep?
3: Yeah, well, um, that's definitely a big one is drinking alcohol. Um, It is a depressant, so it will probably get you to sleep pretty quick. But the quality of sleep that you end up having after a night of drinking, I think most people can probably relate to that. It's not very good quality sleep. Um, And then they start to kind of attach these beliefs about, well, I need to drink to, to get to sleep. Um, And that kind of creates that cycle. Also, you know, relying on sleep medication and, uh, you know, taking sleeping pills and maybe getting into a habit of taking those every night uh, can start to be a pattern that we see. Um, Also, people, you know, spend a lot of time at night checking the clock or kind of trying to lay in bed and like will themselves to sleep, you know, like I will lay here until I fall asleep. And, and that's kind of the opposite of the approach that we like to take to it.
2: Yeah. I know last night, uh, my six year old came and woke me up and said her feet were itchy. And I go in there and there's like three mosquitoes on her ceiling that have been like <laughs> attacking her. So I'm up for like an, like, well probably for 15 minutes trying to get at these mosquitoes. And we have this little orange light like a flashlight so it's not like we turn all the lights on it's a very like dim orange colored light which is you know is enough light to see at three thirty in the morning but you know i'm up and i'm like active and i'm trying to get these stupid mosquitoes and i finally get them and then i lay back in bed at you know three forty-five, and i i didn't check the clock but i had to have probably laid there for another 30 minutes just thinking about stuff so so definitely another one of those things is like when you wake up in the night Turning lights on, being very active, you know, doing anything other than just like if you have to go to the bathroom or something, keeping all the lights off, like doing whatever it is you have to do and like going straight back to bed. I think anything other than that is going to sort of wake your brain up and then it's going to be a lot tougher to go to sleep then you start like you said checking the clock and it's only you kind of drift off into that theta sleep and you come out of it and then you look over and it's only been like two minutes and you're like dang it and you get mad which makes it even harder to fall asleep so are these all sort of things that that you see in the people that you're researching
3: yeah um and and one correction that i would make would be you know it's not the end of the world to spend time out of bed in the middle of the night
2: right yeah yeah, yeah yeah
3: if you're if you're up and like it's just not happening and you're not sleepy, then it's okay to to do something calming and relaxing. And like you said, with the lights dimmed, and yeah. um, something that's not too arousing, you know.
2: Right, but not. I mean, you wouldn't suggest like, well, I can't. It's three in the morning. I can't go back to sleep. I'm gonna turn on the TV and watch a movie. Like, would you? No, think?
3: or you know, go for a jog. Probably not. Yeah,
2: sure. yeah. Well, there's actually. I don't know if how much. Uh, You've looked into this, but I've read a couple articles here recently talking about how, like, if we didn't have artificial lights, sort of the natural human sleeping pattern, used. There's, there's evidence that it used to be you'd go to bed, like, as soon as the sun went down, and then we would, like, wake up at, like, midnight or one o'clock and be up for a couple of hours and then go back to sleep. There were, there were like, two different sleep have you seen any of that? Uh, yeah,
3: and that—I mean—that's still kind of a, a controversial topic right now because you know it's we have some historical evidence that that was true, but we don't really have any solid evidence that that's like the way we're meant to be. Right. But it, it kind of makes intuitive sense that you wouldn't necessarily need to sleep in one big consolidated chunk. You know, there's no yeah. real reason um, to support that necessarily. And right. I kind of do that. I would say I, I'm sort of a like I sleep in two chunks sort of yeah. so so okay let, let's
2: talk about what you do I know you're a, a doctoral student and I know for me like I work with a lot of college students some that live in a, like a dorm it's like the most horrific sleep oh. environment so especially as a student so like if a student can do it then the person like outside of like a real in the real world, so to speak, can do it. So what are, like what do you do at night? How do you when do you shut stuff off? Do you wear the orange glasses and like all, what is your sleep uh, sort of routine?
3: Well, um, so I'm probably not a great example because I don't have trouble sleeping. And right. so I have all kinds of terrible habits. Um, yeah. So, you know, we we say these rules really just apply if you have trouble sleeping. And if you don't, you can kind of get away with whatever you want. Um, So like when I was in college, I didn't have a desk. I would just do all of my work in bed on my laptop, which now if I had a patient who told me that, I would be horrified. Right.
2: (laughs) Well, and that's the other thing. Like a lot of people like where's the the line between no, 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 I I, I get good sleep. I have no trouble sleeping to where like like you mentioned quality sleep a a few minutes ago. And let's say you know some of those people think just because you go to bed. Sleep fast doesn 't necessarily mean you're getting high quality sleep, so how what how can people determine like well i I sleep fine, but they 're always tired, so maybe they 're not sleeping fine sure. so what what are some of the ways that people can sort of self diagnose whether or not like their their quality of sleep i guess
3: yeah so there's i mean the the main way that we look at it like you were saying is is looking at your level of daytime functioning so kind of a good rule of thumb is if you're able to sort of wake up naturally without an alarm, it's not too horrible for you to get up in the morning. You don't feel like death. And then you don't need a lot of caffeine or stimulants to keep you going during the day. And you're not, you know, falling asleep at inappropriate times. Then generally we consider, yeah, you're probably doing okay.
2: Yeah. So like I, what I tell people is if you're yawning like in the the late afternoon and just cannot keep your eyes open, or if you are relying on coffee to make it through the morning, like if you miss your coffee and you just like you cannot function cognitively or just in any way that you you don't need more coffee, you need more sleep.
3: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. A good there's a good measure that you can find pretty easily if you just Google it. It's called the Epworth Sleepiness Scale.
2: Up say, um, say that can you spell? Is it Upworth? What did you say?
3: Epworth E P W O R T H.
2: Cool. Upworth Sleeping Scale.
3: Yeah, Epworth sleepiness scale, yeah, yeah. and um, it should have scoring instructions on there. It's very simple. you just rate how likely you are to fall asleep in a variety of situations,, huh. and um, that's kind of a, a good metric. there's some validation information out there on on what would be expected in different populations, you know people with insomnia, people with sleep apnea, that kind
0: of thing yeah.
2: All right. Well, let's talk about um, the effects of, you know, obviously, I think it goes without saying that insomnia and sleep loss sort of go hand in hand. So what are some of the effects of, well, I, I always, I need coffee. I, I go to bed. It's just my routine. I go to bed at 1 a.m. after watching the late show. And I know I'm only getting three, four hours of sleep. I'm, I'm functioning okay. But, you know, that might be okay for now. But like, what are the long-term effects of, of the sleep loss and the sleep deprivation?
3: Sure. Um, Well, this is always kind of a tricky question for me because there's kind of two populations we're talking to here. We have our insomniacs who are already very concerned about how little sleep they're getting. And to those people, I would say, it's all right. You know, it's okay if you're missing sleep for some time. And like the point is to kind of calm down about it and, and not be so concerned and so focused on that number. Then we also have the people who are not having any trouble sleeping, but they just don't give themselves enough time to sleep. And to those people, I would say we've seen a lot of long-term effects of having short sleep duration and having long sleep duration, but that's a little bit more complicated. Um, Some of the long-term effects of short sleep duration that we've seen, uh, increased rates of mortality overall, increased rates of cardiovascular and cerebrovascular diseases, Uh, diabetes obesity a lot of the kind of major illnesses we see increased risk for those right
2: yeah that's hard to communicate to people that especially like a lot of the folks that listen to this podcast maybe uh, have have young kids like really young kids and the idea of getting good sleep with like an infant or several infants is like yeah you're it's like a college student it's like you know you'll get there eventually you'll get back to where you can take naps and and, and there's one thing I was gonna ask you speaking of naps so would you agree with the uh, sort of the rule if you if you're really tired all the time like it's okay to take a nap but if you have trouble falling asleep at night or you're dealing with insomnia maybe don't take a nap
3: yeah that's pretty much just how I would put it okay. um, it's naps are great I love naps yes, um, me too. but <laughs> if you if it takes away from your nighttime sleep then no that's probably not something going
2: yeah cool yeah naps are like i remember and like with my kids like sometimes they they pitch little fits and when it's nap time <laughs> and i'm like are you crazy do you <laughs> understand how great naps are and how bad i would like to take a nap
3: right yeah now? what i would do for a nap yeah
2: and you're fighting it it's like come on but i guess uh I guess that's how it goes. Um, Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. You know, the uh, you see that term, you see meditation, you see mindfulness, you see contemplative prayer, you see you know sort of all these uh, these terms are all those kind of the same thing.
3: No, I mean I wouldn't say they're the same thing, but cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia or CBTI is a multi-component therapy. And so it could be kind of the umbrella and it could include a lot of those different.
2: Cool. So let's talk about like what, how how do you get someone started on that? What are your recommendations? Is there like a website or a book that you tell people to, and then what, like what is it?
3: Sure. Um, it is, so like I said, it's a multi-component therapy and there's, um, you know, there been research on which components are most effective and I can kind of get into that, um, in a little bit. Um, I'm sorry, what else did you ask? I just like, yeah,
2: like like exactly like what is it? Like how do you like if somebody comes up to you and says, What is cognitive behavioral therapy? Like how, how is that gonna help me? Like sort of explain what that is.
3: Yeah, so it's it's a treatment that kind of works on changing your behaviors and your thoughts about sleep and getting at some of those kind of maladaptive patterns that you may have that are not contributing to you having a good night's sleep. Um and that can be You know, people will be using medication sometimes or trying to get off of medication. That's kind of, you know, a secondary issue, but primarily it's it's really sort of like hitting the reset button on your sleep and um, kind of shocking your system into a back to a normal rhythm.
2: And so what are some of those things look like? I, um, so if I were going to do a session of CBTI, like what would I do? Would I sit and, and think about the present, focus on my breath or like how, what, 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 what would I do?
3: Yeah, so it's a very, um, it's kind of numbers based. And the main tool that we use in CBTI is the sleep diary. And so that's, it's not like a regular diary. You know, you're not writing down your feelings about sleep. It's more keeping track of when you're going to sleep, how long it takes you to fall asleep, um, any disturbances during the night, that kind of thing. Then, based on that, every week or two weeks or however frequently you have a session, um, you'll be calculating this number called your sleep efficiency. And that number is essentially what percentage of the time that you're in bed are you actually asleep. And our goal is to get that number up about. Above 90% at least would be the goal. Right. Um, and so during a session, you know, we would introduce various techniques that kind of get at that goal of improving your sleep efficiency. So, one of the primary techniques and most effective based on the research is sleep restriction. And so that means we'll take, we'll, we'll do an assessment, a baseline assessment, and see how long you're actually sleeping. Because typically insomniacs are spending a lot of time in bed, but not a lot of that time is actually asleep. And then we will cut down your sleep window to just include enough time for the actual amount of sleep you're getting. And so it's kind of a scary thing at first, oh, but I won't have enough sleep. Um, mm. And then we're going to slowly extend that sleep window until you're actually filling the whole time with sleep and getting back to that point that we really find is what you need, your individual sleep wow.
2: So, yeah. So, how do, you, how do you get someone, you know, how do you increase the time, your sleep efficiency number?
3: Well, part of this is we are going to kind of restrict your sleep and you probably aren't going to get a ton of sleep that first week or so right. and you're going to be really tired. So You're probably not going to have any trouble filling up that period of time. Um, we're going to basically consolidate your sleep. If you think of... Um, like a, like some pizza dough and say I gave you enough pizza dough to cover a seven inch pan, but I asked you to spread it over a nine inch pan. What do you think it would be like?
2: Yeah. It'd be very thin. There might be some holes in it. Yeah.
3: Sure. Um, now if I gave you instead, I gave you a a seven inch pan and ask you to fill it out. What would it be like then?
2: Yeah, it would be, it would fill the whole seven inches.
3: Yeah, it would be more even. There wouldn't be as many holes in it. And so that's kind of the idea that we're using here with sleep restriction. And so we might be slowly increasing the pan size, if you will, until we find the place where it's kind of hitting a nice, even
2: fill. Yeah, so we're increasing the pan size uh figuratively while literally decreasing the pant size because when you get more sleep <laughs> yeah, exactly. you'll start uh, out with
3: that big decrease and then slowly go up
2: right right um well that's very cool yeah so now when you're uh testing these people i know like are do you have them wired up to you know electric deals or are you is it like you mentioned like the sleep diaries let's talk about like the uh like measuring sleep and then how there's some of the challenges in. yeah okay like i yeah I, lights out were. Like 10 o'clock, but I don't know. Like, when did I fall asleep? But then he said, Don't look at the clock. So, how do I know what time I, you know, fell asleep? Like, so let's talk about uh, measuring sleep.
3: Yeah. And with insomnia, it's a little bit different than other sleep disorders. Um, sleep studies, like a polysomnogram overnight sleep study, is not really necessarily indicated in insomnia because the primary problem is with your perception about your sleep. Huh. And so, um, really the sleep diary is our best tool because that gets at your subjective perception. Right. Because if we're
2: dealing with the perspective anyway, why don't we measure using the perception? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, let's see. I, I wanted to ask you too about, you know, the American Academy of sleep medicine just released a report, um, like for recommendations, which I guess you, you'd mentioned that that's the first time that an official recommendation has been made. So in your world, is that a big deal? What's the, you know, what's the after effect of, of a recommendation like this?
3: Yeah, we're, we're kind of starting to see whether it's a big deal or not. Um, you know, the CDC has named the decrease in sleep duration over the past, you know, 50 years as being a public health epidemic. And so, you know, they say one of their goals is we need to increase the amount of people who are getting sufficient sleep. But there's a problem there, because what how do we define sufficient sleep right. um so the the purpose of the consensus report was to determine you know where are the health risks really starting in terms of sleep duration huh. um, so i think I think it's important for our field to have this number, um but it does come with the caveat of you know just like any other field, that number doesn't mean it's not a one size fits all kind
2: of well it's like the the recommended daily allowances you know it's like 2000 calories is sort of the average well i mean what is the percentage of people that actually that that works for i mean you get people that are much bigger than that that require a lot more energy and you have people smaller than that that require a lot less energy so i think it was you or somebody else in the article that that i read that you were quoted in saying that you know sleep um you know how much sleep you need is really like a shoe size. Like that's like saying, All right, America, we need to get everybody in a size ten. No matter yeah. what. I mean, you chop your toes off or you know, add some cartilage to your foot in some way. That's gonna make everybody good. So, you know, that's the other thing is that people always ask me, Well, how much do I get? Well, you know, it's like the sort of this very generic recommendation is seven to nine hours and that's kind of a big I mean two hours is a pretty big range. So like how do you uh Help people, or what do you tell people when they say, "Okay, am I getting enough sleep? How do I know if I'm getting enough sleep?" And then we sort of already hit on it, and it's one of the things that I talk about with the simple human lifestyles. If you look, feel, and perform how you want to look, feel, and perform, then you're probably doing you're probably doing it pretty close to right. And so, I guess, would you agree with, um, you know, if if you're not tired all the time, if, you're, if you don't have insomnia, if you're not having any of those things, then you're probably getting good sleep. But if you have other issues like what are some of the other things you need to look out for that sleep deprivation or, or not getting quality of sleep is one of the causes
3: yeah um, I think I mean the biggest indicator is going to be your daytime functioning but over time if you're having short sleep consistently you may kind of adapt to that right. and so your daytime functioning you yes. might not notice that you're kind of having that impaired performance
0: yeah
2: so, so you just think I mean you think well this is just my new normal and so you don't know any different Sure. Yeah, exactly. Um,
3: uh, one, one indicator might be if you're sleeping a ton on the weekends, you're like doing that, you know, marathon sleep session when you don't have work or other obligations. That's probably a big sign. Um, and, and, you know, if you are having, you know, your memory maybe isn't where you think it should be or your concentration isn't, this could be kind of an area to look into.
2: Yeah. I know the co-host on, on the show who couldn't, uh, be on the call today. I know for a long time he, he's a cop on the night shift, so four days a week he's you know working seven p.m. to seven a.m. and uh, and he for a long time he was doing Ambien every night, and when he after a long time of doing that he would he would go into you know the grocery store and find himself just sort of standing in the middle of the grocery store having zero idea why he was in the grocery store, like what he got, you know, like he started having memory issues and he's, you know, early thirties, mid thirties. Um, so that kind of scared him. And that was one of those things that sort of got him looking for answers. So I think, yeah, same thing with diet, same thing with movement. You know, if, if something happens, if you're, if the way that you're moving causes like the hamstring to pull away from your pelvis, you know, then you're like, well, maybe I should look into a different, uh, uh movement pattern. So it's a, kind of the same thing with sleep. Um, what, how do you, do like the Fitbits and the sleep apps on the iPhones? I mean, are you a fan of those? What, um, uh, you know, what, what are some of the recommendations you have other than like a, just like a handwritten sleep diary that, that you would recommend?
3: Sure. Uh, those are, I mean, they are kind of like good enough for the average consumer, but I wouldn't put a lot of stock in in those kinds of things in terms of determining, you know, your sleep staging, like how many hours you spend in deep sleep versus not deep sleep, you know, those don't tend to be very accurate, but they can kind of be good as like a a digital gauge looking for patterns over time. Um, In terms of research, we don't really tend to rely on those those, uh, consumer end products as much. Um, But, you know, I think it's good for people who want to keep track of their sleep as long as it's not becoming kind of like an obsession or yeah. something that's that's interfering with your sleep you know I have to pay attention to the clock to see exactly when I go to sleep yeah. so I can hit the button
2: or right right and and people always ask me too about dreaming uh, you know is it if you some people are like well I never I never dream well is that is that a good thing is that a bad thing does that matter like what what's the what's the deal with dreaming
3: um I mean, I, I can't say I know too much about dreaming but I, I will say that Everyone dreams. It's just that not everyone remembers their dreams, um, and so it, you know, it just may be that you're not really waking up in close proximity to the end of your REM cycle, and so right. that might be when you're having trouble remembering your dreams, or, or it seems like you're not.
2: Yeah, which to me is almost like a good thing because after the REM cycle, you go back up into the theta to restart your the sleep cycle, and so it's almost like that's that's good that you're sort of having a chance to you're not just you know wait now like a lot of times if your alarm goes off and you're having a dream you'll remember that because you were currently in the REM cycle um and so that's that's one reason why like dreams can be very vivid um but uh, yeah, it's all very interesting. The different stages, and like this, the you, you mentioned sleepwalking earlier, how that happens in in the certain stage, and and then when you're in REM, you have muscle atonia, isn't that what it's called? Like where you're, you 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 can't move, and it's it's all. Which, but your brain is functioning like it's awake when you're yeah. in REM, which is like it's called. That's why it's called paradoxical sleep. So it's all very interesting. But then, like the my worst nightmare is like when you you hear about when people wake up and they have that muscle atonia where they can't move, but they're conscious uh-huh. and the like, Oh is. man, that's like, <laughs> that's like the worst, that would be the worst thing ever. Uh, But uh, it'd be very scary, especially you hear about you're like on the operating table and you're conscious and you can feel everything and they're operating on your heart. (laughs) Yeah, worst case scenario, I think right there. But uh, well, cool. Let's see. We are golly, we are running up on time, and so I I need to ask you the question that I've asked. Well, first of all, is do you have like a website or anything where you sort of direct people, or are you just kind of trying to work on? your research and stuff. Do you have a? Yeah,
3: I mean, I don't have a personal website. I would say for people who are interested, um, maybe on the practice side, check out the society of behavioral sleep medicine. Um, they have a website and some resources and you can actually find a provider on there. If oh, you're cool. looking to find um, a sleep psychologist who can do CBTI with you. Awesome. Um, also, you know, kind of on the consumer end, the national sleep foundation has a lot of great resources. Um, CDC is putting out some resources as well.
2: Awesome. Cool. Now, to the last question. And this is, uh, I don't think, I'll let you know about this. I, I usually try to ambush people with this one. It doesn't have to have anything to do with anything. We just, you know—you don't have to make this tie into sleep in any way. But what is something you enjoy about life or something you do to make life more enjoyable?
3: Oh, um, I play roller derby. That's oh, kind of no way. the most exciting thing that I do.
2: Golly, that's awesome. So theres a, is there like a league? up there i guess or do you just like
3: yeah we have our own league up in denton
2: oh man that's awesome you yeah, need absolutely. to you don't have any like YouTube videos of you playing roller derby that we could link to, to Probably you,
3: like, not of me. I think <laughs> I have some pictures, but no no videos yeah, really. I don't that,
2: think. Would, that would be great. You probably sleep well the nights that uh oh, you know, you have know. A long game of roller derby. Awesome. Yeah, it's always interesting to find out what every everyone's hobbies are. Um r- sleep researcher by day, roller derbyist by night. Exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, uh, Jesse, hang out for a second. I'm going to end the recording, but uh, really appreciate you having on. This has uh, been a pleasure.
3: Yeah, thank you so much. You're listening to the Simply
2: Human podcast. All right, thank you, Jesse. That was enlightening, and I'm I'm sad that Rick was not in on that call. I feel
1: like I, I wish my schedule would have allowed me to be in on that because yep. that's uh, that's been a thing for me is the sleep. Yep, as you can probably tell. Well, that's one I'm of the first. I'm not exactly things... very sharp mentally all the time. <laughs>
2: All right. So uh, I would say, well, anyway, we'll have everything that we talked about in the show notes. How about that? It is now okay. time for the humans being human segment. As we talked about at the beginning of the show, we've got Chris on and viewer discretion. Listener discretion is advised.
1: No swear words, right? Just, no uh, swear words. Kind of a
2: Horrifically gross.
1: All right. Well,
2: I thought for sure you were going to make a fart noise. <laughs> <break. laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: All right. Um, joining us as promised... Chris and I, we haven't used your last name yet. I don't think. Uh, is this something that you need to protect your identity? Do we need to bleep out your name, or is it, this okay? Uh, it's
4: it's fine. It's fine
1: because you're, uh, you're going to be on. I'm the fairly show certain and- earlier and you referred to him first in the last name. By the way,
4: okay. Well, and so. he's going to be yeah, he's going to be past in the two shows. I've I've been mentioned okay. or something <laughs> like that. Yeah,
2: so. and uh, yeah, so you can't you can't get around this. And when you first yeah. you first told me the story like a year and a half ago, and I was like, oh man, that's uh, that's really gross, like. I didn't feel like it, <laughs> it would fit because it was so gross. That's what
1: she said. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's probably the best that's what she said in the history but, of the show.
2: But Rick, I don't know. It, I think I need to say this. When you're not around, Rick, Chris is my that's what she said talk slower. Well, when
1: you're not around, Mark, uh, my partner, at Cold. Colt, yeah. is my that's what she said guy, So, <laughs>
4: All oh, right.
2: Goodness. Set the scene for us here, Mr. Chris. Uh,
4: all right. So, um, it is... It's it's West Texas, uh, you know, football season, and uh, with what I do, I get I can get in free to football games. And
1: uh, well, well, add that to the <sighs> the Chris B. bragging montage.
4: <laughs> yeah, there you go, uh, w- one for one there. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I, I take my daughter with me. It's it's kind of our um, our our date night. Uh, get to hang out. How
2: old is she now? So
4: she is now seven. And how old is
2: so she, she? How old is she, she then?
4: She would have. Uh, it was just last year. So it what? Was, it was, she would have been about six. Yeah. Oh
2: man. See, I was thinking so. this was like when she was like three or four. That this makes it even worse. Okay, go ahead.
4: Mark. Yeah, quit over. Yeah. Mark. Quit. Just let the story <laughs> speak for Sorry. itself. So you know, this is before I'd, I'd really been talking to Mark and trying to you know get get some health stuff going, and um, I uh, I. We, we went and enjoyed the, uh, the, the concessions quite a bit, uh, probably had a, a couple of diet Cokes and, uh, hot dogs and, and, mm. uh, hamburgers and just, you know, really loaded up on all of that. And, uh, so we, we get, uh, seated and whatnot. And, um, my, th- those hot dogs start barking <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And so I'm sitting there going, Oh man, I, uh, I, I hope I can make this. So I, uh, you know, l- luckily that, that, that passes, but it just goes on and on, uh, throughout the game. And I don't, I don't feel comfortable leaving my daughter there. I mean, there, there's a lot of folks that I know, but it's just not going to be a, a good time. So finally you can't take uh, her into
2: the men's room with you and like explode y- y- the yeah place. it's really yeah, your only
1: like, two options is leave her there yeah. and someone you
4: know somebody else watching her or take her to the bathroom with you that's a, rock and a hard place yeah yeah In so i mean be, beyond that decision you know i'm i'm starting to sweat and really feeling it so luckily what what i came to watch was the uh the you know, I, I believe you guys call it halftime. I, I call it, you know, the show. And, uh, <laughs> for some reason, the, the football players, they go on before and after the show, right. but okay. Yeah. So, um,
2: it's the pre-show and the post-show.
4: Yeah. Is the uh, of, game. Of, of the, of the marching bands. That's right. what I like. Yeah. So, um, uh, so anyways, I, we, we get out We're we're able to get, I'm just like, Allie, we, we got to go now. This is not going to be a good scene at all. So we, uh,
2: we, is this we a varsity h- game? Is there, there was like fifteen thousand people around here, uh, or was it like JV? Yeah, it,
4: it's, I mean, it's at Shotwell, so yeah, fifteen thousand. I think that that's just an Abilene High game, right? So, um, <laughs> yeah. So we, uh, we we hightail it to the to the car, and uh, it, it's it's cooking. I mean, it is. It's the pressure is is oh, I hate piling that. on, and so. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, I only live about 3 or 4 minutes from the from the stadium. I, I I got this. I got this." So I get I luckily, you know, she's at an age where she can buckle herself up. So I'm like, "Get in the car. Buckle up. We got to go." And uh so we we get moving and then we're just outside of the stadium and that feeling hits.
1: You're sliding into first and you're feeling something burst.
4: <laughs> I, I mean, it's kind kind of like uh I think I heard this somewhere, uh, but they, uh, they said, you know, you get in that moment where you you look at the toilet and you know that what's about what you're trying to stop happening is going to happen. So
2: (laughs) (laughs) you're sliding in a second and you feel the boob. Hmm. Is that how that goes? I don't
4: think that rhymes, Mark. Okay. Sorry. Uh, Second base. uh,
2: Is that not second base?
4: No. So, since I know that the inevitable is l- about to happen, I'm I'm looking for my my out. Uh, what? How am I going to do this? I'm in a car. Do I just let this go, or do I try to? Are
2: you in? Are you in traffic, or are you?
4: No, 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 no. Remember, it, it's third quarter of an Abilene High game. There, so there's there, no one on the roads. No one's on the road. So it's it's just me and and my daughter, and uh, so.
1: But you're just – are you making a contingency plan or you're thinking at this point, there's no possible way I can get home?
4: Oh, yeah. Th- this is, this is uh, it's a, a, a kind of the, a combination of the two is th- this is going to happen and how can I uh, make this the, the, the not the worst situation how can you possible? Mitigate? Yeah.
1: The only thing I can compare this to is like a friend of mine at work, oh, his no. wife – he was driving his wife to the hospital. She was having a baby. And uh, she had to have it on the side of LBJ freeway, what? and he had to deliver the baby. So, like, that's the the only thing I can think of is like, uh, you know, you're on the way to the hospital to deliver your baby, and you're like, oh, it's not gonna hang on. Oh, we gotta go it, out. Pull off it, the shoulder. Well, the he,
4: d- definitely, here's coming the brown baby boy from me. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. And uh, so terrible. <laughs> so I I. You know we're we're on. I just stopped. I stopped the car. I put on the emergency brake. Luckily, Allie's watching a movie in the back of the car. We've got a, you know, that entertainment systems thing. So <laughs> so I look around and I'm so thankful that there is a 32 ounce oh, uh, no. Chick yes. fil A cup. Oh, and uh, <laughs> I told you. So it was coming. I uh, dropped what I could and grabbed that cup, positioned it the best I could, oh. Oh, and filled it to the top. Oh, my gosh. How did you position it? I've done number one in a cup, and I it's not understand that big of a deal. This. You just put did it in it and there and you go. But you, you know, that, that part is a blur to me. There there was so much
2: <laughs> So was the happening. part in the cup. <laughs> <laughs>
4: When you're holding the cup
1: Ooh. and it's like, and you're filling it up, is the cup getting really hot, like from the <laughs> outside? Are you're like, "Oh my god,
4: this thing's so hot!" Is, is, oh gosh. <laughs> uh, so it was, uh, yeah. That that was going on, and again, so and now I have shifted from thinking of okay, contingency plan on where I did this. Ooh. Now. What to do with this? I, just, I
2: don't understand the logistics. Are you like raised way up? Yeah, in a yeah, seat? yeah.
4: That's what I want to know. Like,
2: like. Maybe we shouldn't get too detailed and let everyone's imagination just. Re- I'm
1: guessing that you like posted your feet probably pretty close seat. to the seat, and you hunched up your rear
4: end, and you're doing it that way. Did you have to fit the cup? That, that, that's about right. Yeah, you, you, you know. I can. Uh, I've got the seat scooted back. Uh, he's like, I've got, got know, pictures. I'm, so, there, okay. there's that. So,
2: now you're so, you're holding, your pants are down around your knees, and you're holding a cup of liquid.
4: So, the, the first thing in my mind is, okay, uh, I, I'm going to roll, uh, there, there is a, a field to my right, okay? So, think about that in a car. I, I'm going to roll down my window, <laughs> and I'm going to just... H- throw this out the mm-hmm. the car and into that field and be done with it.
2: You hit like the window and it just goes all inside the car.
4: <laughs> so then I can tell you much- <laughs> that from a person who is uh
1: thrown many a cupful of tobacco spit out the window, you can't just chuck it and throw it, man. You just have to well, like gently lay it against the ground.
4: And, oh. and, and luckily, uh, that, that came to mind just, you know what, that is going to be the worst idea ever because not only am I going to be cleaning up what is currently on me, I'm going to be cleaning that entire side of the car oh. for weeks. Uh, so luckily I, uh, you know, thought that through and was like, okay, well, here it is just on the left side. We'll roll down the driver's side and, Sorry for littering. So if this needs to go on Rick's Cop Corner. I <laughs> so I just dropped it right where it was and took off as fast as I could. Uh Luckily, my daughter didn't see any of that. Um, so Dad, was,
2: what's that smell? Did you toot? The,
4: the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, that, that came up. Yeah, that that was that did happen. What is that yeah, smell? Well, you, no, so, no, I
1: sure didn't. Sure didn't.
4: <laughs> you know, just, just wa- watch the movie, kid. I'll be okay.
1: So, uh, okay, so did you uh, like take your sock off to wipe up? uh, oh. uh
2: <laughs> he used the seat, the the cushion on the seat.
1: Because surely yeah, um, you don't want to. You're like. Of all the chairs in all of my life, I don't want to get something on. It's the chair in the car. We had a we had there's a friend. There's no way you can clean that off. Rick, well, never... there,
4: there, there was definitely a walk of shame when I got home uh, to to go get the Clorox wipes oh. and uh, explain why in the world we were one home so early and to why you why...
1: why your face <laughs> is
4: very pale and you're covered in sweat. Why? Yeah. Uh, again. Uh, yeah. My wife. Uh, what is that smell?
2: Well, it's like, and that, and that was the day. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing here. That was the day where Chris was finally like, "All right, you know what? It's time to make a change." This can't happen again.
4: But Rick, remember we had,
2: we had an acquaintance uh, who peed all over himself in his car.
1: It's you, probably.
2: No, you remember (laughs) that story? We're not going to say his name, but yeah, he was just like had to go to the bathroom really bad. He was just like, "I'm just going to go," and he just peed all over himself driving his car. uh,
1: so There's he's some driving home from the bar, and he's wasted, and he is almost home, and he's trying to, like, go the back ways, and I guess I guess he saw a cop on the major street,
0: Rick's and it's, corner. like, going
1: through an alley, and uh, was like, oh, man, I had to go. And he was, like, a block from his house, and so he's like, I just went, man. <laughs> we like, well, well, how could you not wait, like, a block? And he's like, well, I don't know.
2: Hey, so we will say this. So to close... Th- we're going to say thank you to Chris and we're going to apologize to Jesse Deech, whose for show, her episode whose show entailed throwing up story. Th- throwing oh. up at the beginning and cup diarrhea at the end so sorry about that we ruined her <sighs> show coming up next time is Mark Sisson um, so anyway Chris thanks for being on we're going to have you on again uh, I guess in the next episode or two to tell your amazing story
4: oh well thank you guys it's been great yes
2: all right, thank you, Chris. And Chris can be heard on, uh, I can't remember, either episode 101 or 102. We've already got it on the schedule. Uh, uh, yes. We're going to hear gonna Chris's story. He is somebody that's lost, gosh, almost 50 pounds, maybe more than but that. But he
1: hasn't just lost 50 pounds. He's also like lost it in such a good way that he's transforming his body composition. Yes. And I'm not kidding you. Uh, his before and after pictures, his after is a really, you must work out. Yeah, kind of picture. Well, like he looks really, really good. And so. the
2: movement that he's doing is basically my movement pyramid. He's. Watching.
1: I am actually like I am jealous of Chris's results, which is why I. Uh, that's a lot of what spurred me on to uh, try all shift because yeah. that's been a big thing that's helped him. And, and so, man, if I could look half as good as Chris looks, I will be really, really pleased.
2: And he has no like uh, athletic background. Like he didn't grow up like doing squats and any of that stuff. So I've started him from like square one. And now he is doing absolutely perfect below-parallel squats. And it's, it's really cool to see like how far he's, he's come. But all right. Um, it is now time for the simple Tip of the Week. Something you can start doing today to become a more healthy human. And this is a quote that I got, full disclosure from Brian Johnson in Philosopher's Notes. Okay,
1: I think everyone knows okay. you're just going to continually rip off yeah. Brian
2: Johnson. Well, I, I'm, Not I'm ripping off. I'm co- he told me in one of his things to copy others. I'm copying him but I'm giving him oh, the credit. Oh, that's
1: right. I forgot you actually reached yeah. out to him.
2: Yeah. This is from uh, a quote from Choose the Life You Want by Tal Bin Shahar, fake name. Um, in the past, I often reached a point where I felt depleted when I had little enthusiasm for work The best cure I found was to inject a few happiness boosters into my daily routine. Today, rather than waiting for my energy levels to drop dangerously low before I take a break, I incorporate instant gratification into my life on a regular basis. These infusions of moments of joy do not merely make me feel better in the moment. They often create a current of enthusiasm and energy that helps me become more productive, more creative, happier. The challenge, as it often is, is to find the right balance between delaying gratification and grabbing it. I leave that... To you. So, happiness boosters. Like, what is your happiness booster? So, the tip of the week is going to be find your happiness booster, but it can be little bite sized things. That elevates your mood. Um, might,
1: might literally bite-sized things because then, oh, Mark said I could eat a thousand. Hershey <laughs> right, Hershey kisses.
2: Yeah, you. I mean, it's like uh, what what uh, Brian says in the email. It's like in, in, if a few deep breaths, lying down, enjoying a nap-itation, uh like a sort of a nap, half nap, half. You know, I, I do that at work minutes. all the yeah. time. Watching a movie, going on a hike, listening to a song you like. Um, you know writing down like for something for me i like to make lists and then like crossing the things off of the list like making little to do oh, lists oh you're
1: very adventurous mark yes
2: well things like that just like little things that you can achieve that will give you that rush that maybe that afternoon cookie might
1: right it's so, okay. like don't
2: let the afternoon cookie be your happiness booster find like a psychological happiness booster three or four things that make you happy and do those on a regular basis before you get so sort of down that you can't uh, recover right <clears throat>
1: Okay, I will, uh, I will try some of those. Some of those I can't exactly do, but some of them I can. We'll see.
2: Like you don't take a nap in your car.
1: Hmm, you don't know when that. It's, when it's raining. We bring our own pillows <laughs> <laughs> and nap masks.
2: Oh, man. In the, and we
1: plug a white noise machine in there.
2: <laughs> there was a time uh, I was taking a summer class, an 8 o'clock chemistry class at Collin County Community College, which you are familiar with. I am. And I would literally take a little airplane pillow and a blanket and lay down in the back of the room and take a nap. Like, what was the point of doing In me? class? Yes.
1: Was w- no one telling you to not do that? I
2: guess not. I don't know. Like, I would literally take a pillow to class. I don't understand. Like, why...
1: I don't they allowed understand. Me I feel like you need to go back and re-examine ap- Or
2: apologize that. to the professor. Yeah,
1: that also. Yeah.
2: All right. Coming up next time, we already talked about it. Mark Sisson on episode one hundred. Other things coming up. We've got Chris Brandon coming up. My brother in law and his uh, business partner Jonathan Warshaw are going to be on. They they own a gym down in the Ah, Houston. We're going to talk to them about how to become Superman and how to look great with your shirt off and how to, you know, just be awesome because those guys. (laughs) He's a
1: pretty awesome guy. Those guys
2: are awesome. Um, and yeah, so Jonathan played. Football at Georgia Tech, and Ryan was like the Lone Star Conference all-time RBI doubles leader when he left school. So
1: they're both wait wait R- all-time RBI doubles,
2: RBIs and doubles. Oh, okay, I was about to say it's a very S- precise
1: statistical right. category. <laughs> then uh, all-time hits leader on Tuesday before four p.m. Yeah,
2: with the balls that went into right center field and not touch the infield. Um, cool. So that's all coming up. Got a lot of cool stuff. Um, you can find us online at simplyhumanlifestyle.com. Go there. Everything is. Their Facebook, the link to the podcast, the link to the YouTube channel. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope at SimplyHuman52. Go to the store page on our website, uh, and you can see all the things that we love and use. And the Simply Human Reset—I've got somebody going through the reset right now. Um, ah, and, I uh, about the reset. Yeah, and it's—I mean—as I'm kind of going through it with this person, it's sort of reminding me, like, yeah, like even it's good for me sometimes to even go back and 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 you know sort of remember some of the stuff. I think it's always good for everybody to, that, you know,
1: to to go back and, and have something kind of like a touchstone, like, oh, that's right, I'm supposed to do. It this way.
2: Oh, that's right, actually. Uh, one, the other thing on the store that I want to mention is the primalprofessional.com, the shoe with a zero drop with a false heel cut into it so it looks professional. They were back-ordered until November, and last I heard, they're going to, you know, you can go ahead and order it, but I think the shoes are going to be in in a month. I've been waiting many months. It's
1: going to be a really great Christmas present for the caveman in your life. <laughs>
2: yes. Ooh, there you Who has to wear
1: shoes to work, who's... <laughs> Doesn't wear flip We have to
2: thing about Christmas. That's crazy. It's Christmas. It um, is. I've already bought uh, Christmas presents. I already have them in my closet. It's crazy. I have to put up stupid lights. I guess we're going to be talking about Christmas lights soon.
1: I can't wait for Christmas light talk part yeah. two.
2: <laughs> All right. Leave us a review, good or bad. Any publicity is good publicity. So that's going to do it for this edition of the Simple Human Podcast.
1: And remember, and there's like a huge puddle of Vomit. There was a. Just brown vomit. There's chunks in it. There's a noodle in in Ah. there.
2: So until next time, enjoy yourself.